Are you ready? Ready to release internal pain? To find confidence, clarity, and direction for your future? To live a life of meaning, fulfillment, and contribution? To trust your intuition again, but something's been holding you back? You've come to the right place. Welcome. I'm Ian Hawkins, the host and founder of the Grief Code podcast. Together, let's heal your unresolved or unknown grief by unlocking your grief code. As you tune in to each episode, you will receive insight into your own grief, how to eliminate it and what to do next. Before we start, I have one request. If any new insights or awareness land with you during this episode, please send me an email at info at ianhawkinscoaching.com and let me know what you found. I know the power of this work and I love to hear the impact these conversations have. Okay, let's get into it. Today's guest, Tanya Drobanyak, has been a client of mine, so it's always an honor for me to, to share their story and particularly through a lens of having watched them go on their journey and you know, I feel a lot of pride in, in seeing what they're able now to, to share with the world and there's no different here with Tanya. It actually made me smile a lot through this one around just how far she's come and this particular story from Tanya is around the grief and the loss that she experienced with her miscarriage, the lack of support that is out there, the particularly for how she uniquely experienced it and how she managed to get through that, how she's passionate about helping other women who may have gone through that, and also how much she's learned along the way about herself and the importance of being self-empowered to be able to share her creative flair with the world and to be able to be more of who she wants to be, who she uniquely is in a way that uh, is honouring herself and also the most important people in her world. I really hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did. Hi, everyone. And welcome my guest today, Tanya Drobinjak. Tanya, how are you? Really good, thank you. Really good. Good to hear. I feel like we've had lots of these chats before, so it's really cool that uh, other people can sit in and listen today and learn from your wisdom. So let's go here. I know I've been trying to get you on for a while, but what inspired you to come on the podcast to share your story? Um. Probably um, around my my journey and maybe even unpacking a little bit more than I probably realised that, yeah, is part of my journey. Um, the um, highlighting factor that sort of got me on a journey to discover who I was. Sounds good. <laughs> now, Tanya's been a, a client of mine for a, a fair while and she's what I can say, she's grown an amazing amount over a pretty short period of time. So for her to be having these conversations, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of her because uh, I guarantee if I'd asked her six months ago, it wouldn't have been something she would have been keen on. She's nodding, she's shaking her head now, yeah, in agreement. <laughs> so, so it's really cool to have her here to, to tell her story because she's got an amazing story and an amazing voice to share with the world so i'm looking forward to uh, sharing that with all of you now so your big moment of grief tanya came uh, about five years ago and can you share with our listeners what that was and the impact that that had on you um so in 2018 i had a um miscarriage and um yeah like i wanted a baby for quite some time and yeah when it happened it happened quite fast um, but there was a lot of disconnection from myself and I was so curious as to why um, because I felt almost like out of body. Um, but all the spiritual journey that I've done now, it can highlight that there was a lot of warnings there and a lot of guidance that from um, yeah, spiritual guidance that I'd had, but I didn't realise. Um, it wasn't until... Um, we got to the, I think I ha at this stage we had three scans, but all the scans just didn't line up. 
um, the fetus wasn't growing um, as it's meant to at that particular week. So I knew that there was something not right, but it was this knowing, but then also medically that's not connected. Like you can't connect that um, to a medical. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so you're saying that they, they, even though the, it wasn't growing at the normal rate, they were saying everything's okay and, and it's nothing like, well, what were they yeah, saying? They were, um, they were pretty much like saying, oh, maybe we've got the dates wrong or, or um, yeah, maybe it's just like growing a little bit slower or um, like just a lot of little things that they were saying, oh, we're not quite sure and um, we'll just book you in for the nine-week scan and um, that came and I think I had to postpone it for a week for some reason um, and then like I go into the room and I remember it being like pitch pitch black and dark um, and yeah she put the probe on and her face like dropped and I could sense and this is probably the first encounter I, um, of the awareness of being an empath is that I just remember her face and being like whoa what's happening here because she feels like something's not right um, I had to have an internal scan and I knew that internal scans weren't done because at this stage I would have been 12 weeks. Any external scan is done before eight, I think. Um, so I knew that something, yeah, wasn't right. Um, I felt like I had a room full of people, um, which now obviously being spiritual, I think that I had a lot of guides there um, and, yeah, I was just panicking and I was more worried about the poor lady that had to do the scan than myself and um, that's what highlights a lot of being an empath is that you do become that other person and you it, it takes you away from yourself and anyway um, and yeah I remember her saying there was no heartbeat and I just yeah absolutely crumbled because you think that when you start trying, it's just going to happen. It's just going to, just going to, that's just really not the, um, yeah, there's not enough awareness there to say that this can happen. Um, and, yeah, it happened to us. And um, it started, yeah, unlocking a million things of who I am and, yeah, the rest is, yeah, my journey. Yeah. That, that moment that you described now, I think anyone who's been through big moments of grief and loss like that, it's it's that surreal moment when the reality is sinking in and you're like, oh, I'm actually living this. I'm usually hearing from other people about the story and imagining myself in it, but this is actually real. But then you kind of feels like it's not real too at the same time, right? That, yeah, and there's a like a, the, the grief starts, um, the process of grief starts, doesn't it? It's like the denial, it's the anger, it's the why me, it's all of that sort of stuff gets so highlighted and I literally felt like it was, I was the only person in the world that had dealt with this um, because the, yeah, the, the aftermath of it, the medical system or the um, health system, they actually don't assist you in this. It's just on your way, go see the gyno, um, yeah, here's the X, Y, Z, how to get it out, and that's it. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah no no counselling offered, no. No, no counselling, um, no. And I must I must admit the doctor that I had, um, she'd also experienced it, so she helped me a lot. And she also, um, she made sure that the gyno that I got was quite, um, like had really good bedside manner. The other gyno that was, um, practicing at the time was wasn't very kind so the gyno that I had she was absolutely amazing and so um, yeah just so beautiful and she um, yeah really highlighted um, yeah just I, I can't even put it into words um, she yeah she just made it really beautiful um, yeah, yeah. Um, the guest I had uh, oh, it's probably a couple of months ago now. Uh, Catch Blackburn was talking about a similar experience, and he said, "No, no one tells you that this could be a reality. No one tells you." He was a, a stillborn, but but similar in the in the 
thought process around, well, everyone knows that we're pregnant. Well, I don't know. Had, had you told everyone at that point that you were? Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, heart, like, um, what's the word? There's a lot of um, encouragement not to announce bef- before a certain period. So we were in that period. Um, and if the scan had gone ahead, that was probably the time that we would have told our parents. But at the time, it was just discussed between myself, my partner, and I had, um, yeah, one friend that I told because I had to have some support. Um, but yeah, no one knew. So then it's then going into this um, this cycle of now telling people we were pregnant but we've lost it and telling my mum, that was hard. It, she she goes, oh, you're pregnant. And then I said, yes, I was, but I lost it. Like, And that's really hard to wrap your head around that they weren't even part of that journey. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So were you nervous telling her? Um, that I was, um, like, it, yeah, I, I was absolutely, yeah, I didn't even want to announce that we were and we'd lost it. Like, that's, that's the thing. Um, because then you almost get an influx of other people's emotions, um, that get wrapped in your own. So, you know, then I want to protect my mum, my dad, my, like, you know, I want to protect people because, um, I don't want them to go through this pain that I'm going through, but in actual fact, you have to. You have to gain that support. And it wasn't until I started opening up for my story that other women followed. Yeah, and that, that's such a great point. We we think that we're protecting people, but but actually, ultimately, it's a disservice, particularly those people closest to us, because then they feel, like you said, they feel left out. But again, it's the... This is kind of the uh, inadverted commas done thing that you mm-hmm. don't tell anyone and you go through this process. And you mentioned there it was like you felt this disconnection from your body. Was that immediate? Like so, uh, so, when, yes. so what so what's the process? Do you do you have to go in for surgery? Like um so um like going back to the disconnection from self that was um when i found out that we were pregnant that i had two like mm. um two lines on the pregnancy t- i really thought if we'd tried for one month and we got pregnant straight away and i was like we had gone through our own journey to get to that point and that i literally was like oh my god i want to go to the rooftop and scream it and when i saw those i actually I, I knew something wasn't right. And that was yeah, the Straight away. Yeah, straight that away. was a disconnection. I even yeah. told the doctor, um, I don't feel in my, like, even saying that back now, I understand it. But before, it's like, I feel out of my body. I feel like my whole entire soul is sitting next to me. Like, I I just had this out-of-body experience. Like, it was warning me. Um yeah, it was quite bizarre. But telling the doctor, the doctor went, I'm not actually sure what that means. So, um, sorry, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, right. So, and so I'm like, yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, I'm like, I like, I, I don't know what to do with this information. Someone help me. Like, yeah. like there's something not right and I can feel it, but I have no understanding of what's going on right now. Um, can someone please assist me with this and Mm. I didn't have a very big um like holistic um group of friends I you know someone like yourself Ian like very quite spiritual and I could discuss this and we could unpack it further and it wouldn't be seen as um yeah someone going oh that's a bit strange that's a bit weird like you would actually go oh hang on a second let's unpack this this is what's happening um Whereas, yeah, I, yeah, a doctor didn't, didn't know it. Yeah, and you didn't have any of that support network at the time. No, nothing. And no. I, I don't even think I had any any spiritual friends at that time. Um, mm. Now, because I'm, yeah, a bit more spiritual. Like I've got a lot of friends that meet that, um, yeah, friendship that we can share that. Yeah, and I guess that even just from a. Um, if, if people are listening and they're not even uh, 
necessarily connect with the concept of of being a spiritual thing. Just just having someone there who would understand that that mother's instinct that you're already getting. I I imagine what should have been that this amazing joyous situation that just didn't feel like that. That must have just been strange in itself. Yeah, and it and it was even strange because it almost wasn't like the pregnancy was getting set up either. Like I never got received an orange book that said this is what's going on. Like I, it, it just never flowed how it was meant to. Obviously having my son in 2019, um, it was a different pregnancy, a whole different pregnancy. How connected I was, how intuitive I was and how in my body I was. Yeah, yeah right. That uh, I feel like that that's something that uh, having spoken to countless mums who have been through different challenges, that there's something there that that only a mum, only a mother can explain. That that the, just the knowing around different things, and you think of how many times you hear those stories where they've taken their child back to the doctor and said, "There's something not right here," and and it makes it really challenging because there's this this medical place which is very systematic and has to be and there's certain reasons for that but then you come in with this other feeling i remember um something as simple as um nappy rash appearing at the same time as teething and and doctors saying oh that's there's no there's no evidence that that's linked but you ask every single parent they're like well why why does it why does it show up at the same time right so so how how did you get through that time when you're feeling like, well, it's almost like your feelings and thoughts and knowing is being completely invalidated and yet at the same time you're feeling all of this stuff and you're having to go through this this challenging time, that, this complete opposite to what you thought it was going to be? I, I to, to get through it, it was just talking. It was it was. Um, that's when I needed my village the most and that's when I started asking um, people for, yeah, like I'm going through this, I need assistance, I need help, I need to talk about it. Um, You know through the program, like I like talking through things. So um, it was very healing for me because as soon as I opened my voice, another five mothers would, um, would come and then you know you open your voice again, and you know people that people that I felt quite envious of that had these um, beautiful family, and I you know I wanted that. They had had four miscarriage, like, yeah, and wow. I had no idea, or you know they had two before their second son, or like whatever. And I was just gobsmacked that the awareness around this subject is limited and it really upsets me that I was in the position that day to feel so alone and so, um, yeah, yeah, so I was just so alone and I couldn't reach. And, yeah, obviously through reaching out and, like, getting the courage to speak up, it made me more empowered to tell my story. Yeah, good on you. Did that take some time though? Like, like you, you, you started to find people to talk to, but but was that difficult, or did, or did you just uh, instinctively seek out people, or just friends, or like how did it unfold? Um, I yeah, we took um, we took a while to even tell um, the in laws. Um, we yeah, I think. It was just like probably my parents and my sister and Michael and like the friends that I obviously told that I was pregnant to begin with. Um, but I lo- I pretty much locked myself away. I, I felt ashamed of um, of what was happening. I, you know, you almost feel like your body is, um, yeah, like my body is meant to hold this baby and it's meant to nurture it and it did the opposite of it. But then through understanding about my body, I started realising how powerful it was that it realised that it wasn't actually meant to be and that it did, it did exactly what needed to happen. So obviously that's taken a lot time, a long time for me to come to that conclusion. But, um, yeah, like 
I can't believe how powerful our, as a woman, how powerful our bodies actually are. Well, there's a theory that um, there's a reason why women get pregnant and men don't, right? Because yes. uh, we, we probably wouldn't be able to cope. <laughs> oh, that's a poor stereotype, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy there that it's, we, it's not something. <laughs> we on. need the masculine and the feminine. Like, that's why of we're course. two species. So, yeah. The balance, the balance, exactly. You mentioned something else there at the start that, that was very true for me as well in my big moment of grief. Worrying about how everyone else is in, in your darkest moment, like I, I can remember being in intensive care, like when we're basically saying goodbye to my dad, and I'm worried about us being overly hysterical and maybe upsetting some other people in the room who's who you know may be facing a similar scenario. Like... I'm pretty sure I've said this on a couple of these different interviews, but it's like it's crazy thinking about it now looking back. But at the time, it's it's that what you mentioned earlier, being being the empath, you're, you're just constantly in that position of being responsible for everyone and trying to make sure everyone's okay from that emotional perspective as a way of avoiding your own stuff at at, uh, at a level as well. And that's what that's what happens. It goes into let's just let's just put the emphasis on someone else, so then I don't have to deal with what's in reality happening. Um, because instantly, I I actually wanted to write a letter to the nurse to make sure she was okay. Because um, I can't believe how hard that is to to say to like someone there's no heartbeat and she had she told us that like it wasn't like the doctor came in or anything I think someone came in for a second opinion I can't remember um at this stage everything's going quite black so I can't remember a lot um but all I remember is um my partner's hand on my shoulder like holding me like that was it um and yeah just very dark but yeah, like the fact that I was so concerned about hers and obviously I released a lot when we got out, but I remember my partner just said, just hang on a second, just hang on a second, like, and we got into the car and then I was releasing it um, because there was like a whole waiting room full of people and, yeah, like walking, I had to walk through, it was like, yeah, walking through, not shame, but like, yeah, mm. just bar- bearing Bearing your head in the sand and walking through all these people and trying to get out. And I remember the doors just opening and I just released and was like, but why can't I do that in the room? Why couldn't I do that? Hmm. Yeah, why couldn't I do that anywhere? Like, Yeah, it's amazing these uh, crazy rules we place on ourselves or or thoughts on what's right and wrong instead of just allowing us to be however we need to be. Yeah, In the moment, be in the moment. Yeah. Um, the, the actual, uh, toll on your physical body, like what was, was it significant? Um, yes, because uh, I, um, yeah, because so, um, there's two ways that you can um, like because I had a missed miscarriage, so um, my body was still processing processing like it was still um, pregnant. So I didn't have any signs or anything uh, like in reference to it. Um, right. So that's another another thing. Like obviously, I'm so out of, like I'm so in the knowing that something's not right, but then I'm still processing it like I would be pregnant. So. Sure. Um, yeah. So again, it's a completely unique experience inside a pretty unique experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. With no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so how did you deal with that side of things? That that uh, part of you is just carrying on as if if everything's normal, but there's the part of you that's. I was, there. and it. I was almost like I didn't want it anymore. I think that now it had happened because I was so disconnected. It's almost like I was like, now I just don't don't want like this is so uncomfortable. I'd never been pregnant before, so I can't even I can't even compare it to, you know, it was a whole new experience. And, you know, we get um all these, you know, videos and films and stuff like that that 
showcase like what a pregnancy is and um yeah I, I don't think I got nausea but I didn't get it with um with my son anyway but yeah like it's just so unique to the individual and so unique to the pregnancy that you can't really compare it anyway um and yeah obviously um after you've had the um yeah the, the there's no heartbeat they have to go through the process of um like taking it out so you can have a d and um i can't remember what it's called but i ended up having gels to have it removed so i actually um went home and it came out at home so um yeah like that was another experience in itself because then i had to then um collect it and then take it to the um doctor and they had to then like um yeah go through that process of the results from from it and what happened but yeah like it's just yeah to my to my mind what you described then is the part that like from my perspective feels like that would be the most traumatic part like yes. not like, I, don't, I don't even want to go into that because no. it's like pretty detailed and pretty um yeah like so Yes, you, um, like you hear about miscarriage. Yes, you hear about all of that sort of stuff, but you don't hear about that those parts that are so traumatic that you have to go through alone. Um, and yeah, it, yeah. Horrific. Um, tell me, did you have any sort of um, ceremonial or otherwise um, moment of closure? Um, no. So. Um, maybe if I'd, it had happened um, while I was more spiritual, I probably would have done something. But I remember one of my friends at the time gave me a, um, a little, like a little teddy, and she said that, like, you can do whatever you'd like with it because I had no understanding of what how to process this grief because you build an image of the life when you see the um the pregnancy test and it's saying yes you're pregnant and you build this image but then you're now grieving an image you're not grieving like there is obviously something but no one's seen it so it's all like mind and that so yeah she'd actually um bought me this um it was a little tiny bumblebee and um yeah she bought me that and she said i don't doesn't matter what you do with it you can um yeah, bury it, you can do X, Y, Z. I've still got it. Um, and I thought that was the most beautiful thing to have yeah. this um, item because I had no idea how to grieve the process. And um, I can't remember if she'd um, had someone she know experienced that or, or what, but, um, yeah, it was a very thoughtful um, gesture um, that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, powerful. Had she been through a miscarriage of her own? Did she knew no, that? or No, no wow. No. So I don't know if it was something that she'd seen, um, like maybe a um, passing of a family member or something and maybe she was given something. I'm not entirely sure on the um, details of it, but, yeah, it was very powerful to be given this um, this item mm. and to be like, well, you can't you can't see it like I, I it's always in all what it was all in my mind but then now I'd gotten something to represent it I love that uh, and regardless of what motivated her what a what an amazing gift that she's given you there do you, just thinking about it now do you feel like there's any need for any closure on it or did you come to a point somewhere where you where you reached that? The, the closure for me was um, recognising how powerful my body was um, and in, in thinking that it was battling me actually was um, like helping me because obviously there was something not right um, yep. and it needed to, um, yeah, it, it wasn't viable for um, long-term pregnancy. So, yeah, like I think that was my closure, just understanding and really the, the closure became being a mother to my son and yeah. that healed a great amount of things but then that unlocked even more stuff um but <laughs> as they do <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> um yeah and uh 
<laughs> I know by how proud you are of that little man that uh, just how important he is in your world. Um, another also, thing. Sorry. To, um, go on, go on. Definitely um, becoming a mum now, it's um, because I've had the miscarriage, I think it's made me know that I want to be a mum. Like having that experience, there's a more emphasis on how much I wanted this and how much I, um, yeah, just how much I wanted it and that I'm a better mum for having that experience. So that was a lot of the closure as well. Do you, do you think looking back that, that you may have had some doubt about whether you were ready to be a mum then? If you, I, if you, I so I definitely yeah, yeah. think so. Um, if you look at the, um, Louise Hay or the um, Ida Seagull um, book, miscarriage um, yeah. is not ready for being a mum. Um, mm, so interesting. I think, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like what you said there because I've heard people describe that as well. It's like your, your body is constantly bringing awareness to you and, and like is that just natural nature's way of saying, no, no this is not meant to happen now uh, because of, like you said, from a what? physical perspective but then also from, from just from a, an emotional perspective. It's um, – it's fascinating. I also think it's important to to point out, and maybe I'll get you to answer this: is saying you you're not ready doesn't mean you assign blame to yourself for the miscarriage, right? It just because no, it, no. just because there might be a link there doesn't mean that there's any fault there. So, so or, or that or that you created that scenario like in any sort of way. No, um, it's it's just my journey. So, um, in saying that. Like everything happens in the divine timing. If I didn't have, if I didn't have the miscarriage, I wouldn't have Theo. It's the divine timing. So, no, like that's the journey I had to go through. As as absolutely horrible and shit that I had to go through that. It's bring so much awareness to around this the subject and every time I hear someone that's gone through a miscarriage, I reach out because I hope that they're not feeling alone like I was. So yeah, your trauma is your biggest blessing to help serve others that are going through it. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, tingles through that one. Um, two things for anyone listening who might be thinking, oh, but I can't listen. I can't, look at it like that just yet uh, i will just remind you that tanya's done a heap of work on this like not just the work that that uh, that we did together but you've you've done this you've done a heap of of healing work on this over what well, we're talking five years now right to come to this point yeah. that you can look at it yeah. so so in such a balanced way yes and um yeah like one thing to probably take away from someone that's experiencing it um, to just let it flow how it needs to, um, like embrace the grief, the grieving process, be angry, be sad, be upset, be whatever you need to because there will come a point where you might feel like I am. And if you don't, that's also okay. Like your journey is uniquely to you. Um, I've just it's just brought the awareness out for me and my journey. So whatever they're going through, that's their own personal journey. And I'm, yeah, no journey is right or wrong. Love that. Love that so much. Uh, and again, I, I uh, <laughs> talked about pride at the start. I'm just so proud of <laughs> listening to, to how you describe this um, with just such knowing that word you used before um the second thing i was going to say before was like when you reach that thing that you you want to help people because you never want anyone to go through what you went through like that's where you really start to deepen that sense of purpose right like yes and oh, yeah yeah go on yeah that's that's how that's we unpacked um something similar in your session that blew me away that yeah, we have pinnacle times in our life and they're where we drift into purpose because it seems to be that flow of, um, yeah, where you want to make a difference in the world. And, um, 
yeah, help help people. Well, that's my that's my thing. I would like to help as many people as I can um, through the awareness that I got through my journey. Mm, love that, and we'll and we'll come to how you've managed to uh, unlock more of yourself and and some of the ways that you're doing that yourself, and now starting to help other people as well. Um, but I want to st- just unpack some more of the this different stuff you talked about. You mentioned the word shame, and I know. This is true for mums, whether they've got children now, uh, whether they've had different experiences, uh, that that word shame just keeps coming up again and again and again because of this unrealistic expectation that's been placed upon them, that's that they place upon themselves, that this high level of expectation they set them for themselves. Can you share a little bit about that? Firstly, the shame around the miscarriage firstly, and then and then maybe some of that around when it's quite interesting that you're even saying the word and I feel so disconnected from shame like um yes shame feels so icky and so um like yeah it feels so um not right in my body and I can't believe that um that's that's something that I would describe the um the yeah the journey that I went on and um, you know, walking out those, those doors and saying to you like the walk of shame, but like it almost feels um, like that word shouldn't even be in the definition of, um, yeah, the space of what I'd gone through. Like to say that I walked, the, I had to walk the um, walk of shame. Like why? Yeah, why did, why do I even use those words? Because um yeah, like it was just an experience and, um, yeah, I shouldn't attach that, that word to to it. Yeah, it, it's okay, yeah. say again. Yeah, that's that's how you process, doesn't, doesn't it, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's just part of the grieving process and, and it's normal. I think the, the key point I would see from that is is that, you can stay in that shame for years and years and years, or you can take the steps that you've chosen to take, which is to be self-empowered and and to be able to address it and then come out the other side. Like the fact that you're able to sit here and go, yeah, well, why, why would I even relate to that? Well, it, it, to me, it just shows just how far you've come going on this journey. So if, if you think about life from that perspective, what what's the most important lesson that you would want to share with other mums who have been through a miscarriage and perhaps still haven't haven't been able to rationalize it in their own mind um probably to say that it's okay like the like it's all right it doesn't have a de- like you know putting a definition or putting anything um like meaning to it it's got no meaning. Unfortunately, it, it happened. Like um, I don't like saying that because um, like it's a touchy subject and we're going through our own grief. So I can't sit here and say how someone else should be feeling. Um, I just hope that they can get to a point in their life where they feel somewhat um, empowered by what they'd been through, not um, dismissing that it was uncomfortable or, um, yeah, or all the other definitions that I've said, like shame and all of that wrapped into it. But I just well, I just hope that they feel some comfort that it just wasn't right. And in, you know, in my journey, five years, I'm sitting here, it makes sense now. It makes sense to unpack it now and it makes sense how I had to go through all of that to get to where I am. Um, yeah, I just hope that it make, makes sense in some divine timing for them as well. Yeah, it's a great it's point. A great and, and, and I'd like to that, uh, that everyone's situation is unique. So you're not here to tell anyone that this is how it should be like that. That's so, yeah, I love it. And it's you used the phrase earlier, uniquely you, and I think if if I've learned anything about grief is that it will be completely unique. So it's not about comparing. There's no, there's actually no value in comparing your grief with someone else, thinking you should be doing better or worse or because 
for some people, one kind of loss might be far harder than than others. Like I, I'm thinking about a conversation I had with Sharon Camello um, uh, just the other week, and she's had like friends passing, uh, miscarriage, breakup of a marriage. Like she she rattled off a whole lot of them, but the but there was one that had a far bigger impact than all of them because of her own unique experience. And yeah, I love that you've raised that point, Tanya. I think if you look at other women who might've gone through a miscarriage, I think what, how you've described that is, um, will give them a lot of peace. So thank you. That's okay. <laughs> when you, do you make a conscious decision that you're going to try to fall pregnant again? Or um, you guys just whatever will be will be so um there's like a point where they say you can't try for a certain amount of time I can't remember the exact time frame but um I remember when we did start trying there was more emphasis to get pregnant and then feeling so um yeah I I felt so like it was so bizarre that we'd fallen pregnant the first month then why wasn't it happening it straight away? Like I had to then go yeah. through the journey of trying. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. And that's like a mind game in itself. Like that's physically the probably the one of the biggest things that um yeah that I went on that it doesn't need to be that hard, but we all go through that when we want to try and it doesn't happen straight away. We go through our own journey and it takes a while and then we've got our mindset that we have to strengthen that and then, um, you know, and then they say, oh, just just let it be like you're thinking about it too much, but when you want something so much, you then go to this point of, um, yeah, like you're burnt out, like you're pretty much burnt out from it and then um the point that it hit me that I was like I'm done I'm absolutely physically mentally exhausted I'm done like let's not stop like let's stop trying let's just like see where things go and I remember I was at a baby shower and I saw kids running around and I remember going do I actually want it that bad and I'd gone through this near nearly like whole year of trying and then I'd gone, oh, I don't know if I really want it now. And I was actually pregnant with my son. So <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I fully uh, let amazing. go. Yeah, amazing how often that happens when you get to that point of, oh, I'm done with this, that everything starts to, to unfold. Um, yeah, again, I can't know what it's like specifically for, for a mother, but I, like just through my own similar experiences, you start doubting yourself. You start questioning yourself. What's wrong with me? Like, like this must be something to do with me. And then you go on that whole like internal dialogue of just garbage where you just, you're trying to make sense of it and you're like, why isn't this happening? And then you put more pressure on yourself and that only uh, makes it more challenging, right? And you, you actually start your own, um, yeah, I don't know if these are the correct words, but it's all like that subconscious blueprint that just gets played constantly in the background, constantly playing, and you're like, I'm not good enough. It's not never going to happen to us. Um, this is my story. Like um, maybe I don't want it as much or um, I'm not deserving. Like something's wrong with me. Like how absolutely um, horrible that someone has to go through all that negative self-talk to um, have a family and, yeah, like it's hard and there's plenty of people that are going on their own journey and, yeah, they're struggling and they're wanting it with every breath that they take and it's not happening. And I, I feel bad that even just saying that when I let it go, it happened, but it doesn't always happen for everyone like that. Yeah. It just, yeah. that was my, my journey that I let go and I had to go through that process. We ha I had to grieve that 
And I remember even going through the supermarket and wondering why um, I'm quite a bubbly person. Everyone smiles at me. I was wondering why no one was smiling at me and no one was saying hello. And there was a pinnacle time where it shifted. And I remember walking through the supermarket happier and I let go of a lot of stuff and um, maybe I released a lot of the grief. So many people started smiling at me and they were like saying hello again. And I'm like, it's so funny what your inner world matches your outside world. And I couldn't believe that I was so depressed and so um, much stuck in that grief that my outside world looked like the same. Amazing that you can then look back and, and be able to make sense of all that. But even at the time, being able to to be able to have that level of awareness, uh, yeah. And again, I I thank you, Tanya, for sharing all of this because what it does, it it helps with any other. Well, not just women, but but people going through this. I will also add, um, very deliberately, not including any details around your partner or family through this because you're wanting to keep that private. Uh, so I just want to make that clear for the listeners that we're not we're not ignoring that part of the well we are ignoring that part of the story but we but it's intentional, um, and that's not my story to um, to tell here. And yeah. I do highlight that obviously, um, like my partner had his own process, but um, that's his story to tell um, and open to the right people. I want to bring awareness to um, the mums here. Um, I also want to note that. Um, don't forget about the dads either. They have their own process because they feel even more disconnected than us as mothers. Um, but I can't, I can't give that um, that reflection there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we definitely cool. don't want to forget about the dads. Absolutely. Well, I just wanted to make that clear that you're not ignoring him through this conversation, but this is uh, how you want to tell your story, and we will, and we will absolutely honour that. Um, so. You start trying. Was was it a bittersweet experience? And 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 I'll and I'll uh, preface that by saying we we had our first scan and with our first child, and I remember that being excited but just nervous and worried. And of course, maybe maybe the worry was because there was some sort of, you know, feeling about this being something not quite right because then, of course, we get this information that there's something that's not usual. It could be completely fine as it turned out it was, but, like, it's it's um, it's just something we need to pay some attention to. And so I just remember, like, going into that experience and then the next scan, the same, like, like oh, wow, this is going to be amazing, but also just freaking the hell out of like well what might we might what might we find in this uh situation and that that's even more sad that um such a joyous time becomes so tainted by what could happen or mm. um as you were saying your story i literally all i kept thinking was when is this going to get taken away from us when is it going to get taken away? Like, and, you know, the scans um, through my pregnancy um, with my son, it definitely was a lot different because there was a bit more knowing and a bit more confident, um, but it was still very hard to go through the scan and be nervous and um, every every appointment. And, you know, you get prodded and probed and, um you know, you have to give samples and this and that and blood tests and all of that to make sure that everything's all right. Um, yeah, and that's a journey in itself and it's supposed to be a magnificent, joyous time and it's so tainted by what could happen. Mm, absolutely. Now, through all of this, it's given you an opportunity to to go on this journey of self-discovery and you're at that point now of realizing just how important that journey has been but like i talk a lot about it's not just the grief that happens from that moment but it's all this other stuff that that comes flooding to the surface say again sorry 
yeah, that falls into place. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just, yeah. So, so what was, what was something big that, that came to you, not necessarily in a positive way after going through all of this? Um, yeah, I think I, I honestly think that I was so disaligned with who I am and I was so lost. That's what brought me back and that's what sent me on the journey. I was so lost in, you know, and we've, I've got a very big thing about expectations and my life, how it should have planned out. And I wanted to have five kids and I wanted this and I wanted a white picket fence and it, life doesn't happen in that way. Um, it really does like shake you up and um, spit you out sort of thing. But yeah, I just, the fact that I was so lost um, that that's how I rediscovered myself and um, through, yes, like spiritual, like that's how I, yeah. And it was highlighted from um, meditation that really, um, yeah, the, the awareness that I had through meditation um, was quite powerful and that's sort of where things started. Yeah. So, so how did you uh, stumble across meditation? Was it something that was introduced to you or did you find it by chance? Or um, So I did a bit of meditation when I had Theo um, because I couldn't sleep. I could not switch off. There was just so much going on that I, like, did a little bit of meditation here and there. I got and told about it. Um, I dabbled with it a little bit, but um, it wasn't until after I had Theo that there was an – um, yeah, there was a like a group that started up in Wyala and it was a bit of a medit- um, like a meditation. We'd meet in the morning and we'd go through this stuff. Um, but I think at that time too I um, came across your um, start, start program, like the free ones that you did, and I remember the, the massive, the massive amount of um, visualisation that I got through meditation that just blew me away. Um, yeah. Awesome. Free plug. Thank you. I didn't ask you to do that, but that's cool. <laughs> so, so one, one thing I do know of you, Tanya, is that um, you've, you've built, uh, whether by design or just through your own journey, you've built this wonderful community of women in Wyala. And, and I know from how many uh, of these amazing ladies you've introduced me to that, that you take great uh, pride and and love of actually being able to not just nurture your community but allow yourself to be part of that nurturing too and to, to be able to have a place where you can go and, and talk to people and, and that, that's safe. How important has that been for you over the last five years to, to be able to have another group of women who who are not just – not just there to receive, but to, to be give to be able to give and receive, to be able to support each other and lift each other up. So um yeah, I wanna highlight the fact that um yeah, and this is quite emotional, but I feel home in that circle of friends. I feel so home and I feel so um proud of who I am. And because we are like a almost a reflection of each other what I see in other people is such a beautiful mirror of what I have to offer. So um, when when we go to um, our, like, catch-ups and stuff like that, it's just so empowering to be in these powerful women that are holistic, that are spiritual, that, um, that might not meet the benchmark of rules and, you know, they're throwing it out there that, you know, they're questioning everything. And... Um, it's a beautiful space to be in, um, yeah, and I absolutely feel 110% home because I'm so aligned with who I am. I've been embraced 110% and, um, yeah, I I leave with a bounce in my step. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Now, I know one of the, the real powerful things that, I don't know whether it was discovering or rediscovering, but it's certainly been an important part of your journey, and that's your creativity. 
and and it shines through the the amazing food that you create uh in in that part of your business it, and it's the just more recently the the poetry that you've been writing and, and sharing with the world and in so many other ways how important is as you being able to embrace that creative part of you been for your for your uh, growth journey so um the the poems that i write that has been absolutely eye-opening and i probably um I probably discovered it um, maybe when I started the meditation and I wrote this really long, like, poem. Obviously, um, we'll just note that my poems have gone from about five paragraphs to, like, one. (laughs) So they've been, like, condensed so much. And obviously my words have become so much more powerful than they were. Um, But, yeah, through... Everything that I went through, um, I suffer from depression, anxiety. So when I would get into a bit of a rut, I would just have these like thoughts and these like pinnacle moments where I'd go, okay, like what's going on here through awareness? And then I just start writing. And what had come through, I, I, I still get quite blown away with what's written because I'm like, what just happened? Because I can't believe that yeah. I've just written that and yeah. Yeah. or sent it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and and then and then you get this reaction from people that's like, "Wow, that was amazing!" And I, I've seen you even still go, "Really?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, and obviously I've got to go through my own journey through that because I've gone. Sometimes my writing and my poems don't make sense to me, and I used to judge it. I used to sit there and say, oh, that word's too um, too simple. I need to put a, a bit more emphasis on that that word. Like, um, But now I just flow with it. I just write exactly what needs to come out and I know that, that if that poem wasn't for me, that poem's meant for someone else. And I hope if I have one reader read it, I hope that that's, um, that shifts something in their mindset or awareness. Oh, goosebumps. Uh, whether you create for business or you just create for the joy, how you just describe then is perfect. If if just one person gets benefit from that and if that one person is just yourself, then it's served its purpose, right? Okay. I even think about um, like a lot of people – in business gets so caught in their marketing and going, oh, no one read that or no one what's well, like, you know what? Usually the people that it impacts the most, they, they don't let you know. They, you, you may find out down the track or they may end up having a conversation with you where they say, you know that thing you wrote there? Yeah. So that one person is getting it. That one person is is having an impact and it's it's why it just, yeah, get get those creative juices flowing, people, like, if you even if you just inspire someone else to go, oh look at that person going and doing something that they love. I, I want to do that as well. Well then, yeah, people are watching when you get into that space, right? And do you know what? There's no time stamp on it. We put a time stamp on it. We go, yeah. okay, I've written this poem. Now I want that person to read it. That person has to go through their journey to then read it in say three months time, in a month time, well tomorrow. Like there's no time stamp on it. And I think that there's so much around this ideal that I've written it now and it needs to improve someone right now. Um, it won't. It'll improve or like inspire or encourage or motivate whatever someone whenever they need it. And that's what I'm trying to highlight with my poems because um, you've told me a lot of times, why aren't you starting an account? Why aren't you putting it out there? And I was always like, oh, someone might, you know, copy them or whatever. No, I don't care how it comes out in the world. I'm trying to put it out there and I just want it to flow how it needs to for someone reading. Um, And, yeah, the poem doesn't have a time stamp. It'll, It'll change someone's life five months, 10 years, whatever, my words are out there. That's, um, yeah, that's what I want to highlight. <laughs> Love it. And and the word that came to mind when you were describing all that is it's um, letting go of the control of, of yeah. needing it to be something that it's actually you described it. 
we build this idea of what our life should be like in the future. And we're constantly doing that. It has to be this, it has to be this, but the reality is never like we've imagined it. Never exactly the same. So the more you can just embrace the creativity and the unknown of the future and embrace just the all of the potential outcomes, the, the more we're going to enjoy it, right? I um I would like to um to highlight that I've actually got a um I've actually got a um poem that I thought um yeah that I thought I should read. Um, yeah, it actually come it actually comes like straight into um yeah into exactly um what you've just mentioned, which I knew intuitively it would. Um, so, so this was, um, one of the poems that I wrote, um, flow with it, how it's meant to flow. It's a journey, right? We can't map out the path. We have to just step into it and then flow with how it flows. Beautiful goosebumps. (laughs) And, uh, how perfect is that, that, uh, that was able to come through the conversation as you intuitively knew that it would. So Tanya, this is your platform. Is there anything else you want to share with, doesn't necessarily have to be men, women or, or whatever individual group or just a message that you want to share around when people are going through challenging times and how they might best deal with that? Mm, that's, a, um, that's a big question because um, I have so much that I could probably say. Right, so, so just take your time and allow the, uh, the the most important one to flow through from your perspective. Um, the the thing that's getting highlighted is awareness. It's always awareness. It's always reflection, whether that be journal entry, whether that be um, meditation, um, whether that be speaking out to someone. Um, like we need to have that moment and we need to allow it to come to surface to let it be released. And through my journey, um, what's highlighted time and time again is my amazing awareness of what's going on inside my body, the messages that are being received, um, the knowing, the gut feeling, just everything. That's what needs to be read. Like it needs to be tweaked so much in everyone because that's when they're going to have the most amount of growth. That's where the reflections come. That's where the shifts come. That's when the lessons get learned. It's just all of that bundled up into awareness. Like, yeah. Uh, the term that comes to, to mind is knowing thyself uh, and then the, with the awareness piece, the, the surround your surrounds as well and your environment. Um, yeah, it's so great. Thank you for sharing that. That's all right. And don't get don't get lost in how you're meant to be. Like, you yeah. know, we have to be so empowered be, with who we are. And you are like you are a special human being. Like every single person that's listening to this, you are a very special human being. Embrace that because that's exactly what you taught me in your um, program. Embrace who you are. And yeah. Because there's nothing to be ashamed of. Get get to know your shadow self. Get to know your inner child. All of it. It's yeah, remarkable when you really step into who you are. Because that's when the confidence shines. Absolutely, and and I love how self empowered you are, and how much you are shining to the world now, Tanya. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Where can people read more of your poetry? So um, it's tanya.marie's.journal on Instagram. Um, the link will be um, down below. Um, oh, where right. yep. the notes. Yep. Um, so click on the link and have a read and hopefully some of the poems will, um, yeah, yeah, empower you like they have me when I've written them. Love it. We'll make sure we get the link in there and uh, highly recommend it. You've got uh, you've got some magic in your words there, and uh, I love watching it shine. Thanks again, Tanya, for for sharing so openly and and uh, hopefully inspiring just one other person out there for their own journey. Thank you.
Thank you so much for having me on. I've like it's been so empowering being on um, on here. I was a little bit nervous, um, but yeah, I think um, it's even highlighted massively what the journey I've got gone on, and um, yeah, through helping maybe someone listening, I've also um, yeah helped myself as well. And yeah, it's been yeah bloody awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Uh- Love it. (laughs) Thanks, Tanya. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Grief Code podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please share it with a friend or family member that you know would benefit from hearing it too. If you are truly ready to heal your unresolved or unknown grief, let's chat. Email me at info at ianhawkinscoaching.com. You can also stay connected with me by joining the Grief Code community at ianhawkinscoaching.com forward slash the grief code and remember so that i can help even more people to heal please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform